Okay, hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our Facebook quiz. This is the third Thursday of the month, and on the third Thursday of the month, our Facebook Live is a quiz. So with that, let's get started, and let me show you some great cases. So the first will be adrenal cases, and um, here's a large adrenal mass, and I ask you, what's the best diagnosis? The patient um, has... Uh, symptoms of weight loss. Now, of course, looking at these images quickly, you're not certain it's adrenal, but um, I'll show you some images so you'll be positive. You can see as you go from non-contrast to arterial phase, the lesions show slight enhancement, but not a lot of enhancement. You also can see the contralateral right adrenal gland, which looks good. You begin to see the kidney. And in the coronal views, you see it has the shape of an adrenal mass pushing on the kidney. So what is it? Well, there's a large differential for large adrenal masses, of course. Uh, one thing you need to think about a solid mass, you always think about adrenal cortical carcinoma, ACC, but usually it's more vascular and not so homogeneous, but it's still in the ballpark. You can think about a large pheochromocytoma, but usually it's more vascular than this. You can think about metastasis, a lot of tumors, including melanoma, and hepatoma give you large meds to the adrenal, and they may be unilateral, but I don't see a primary tumor. Of course, that doesn't exclude it. But another thing you can consider, and something you should consider, would be lymphoma. Lymphoma can involve the adrenal only, although most times adrenal is multi-organ involvement, but it can involve the adrenal only. It can maintain the adrenal shape, but not always, and it can be large, and it's relatively hypovascular, as is the case here. Other things I would consider in the differential, I've shown a few cases of large adrenal adenomas perhaps that are atypical, you can, but eh, I don't like that. An old hematoma, usually you have some changes in enhancement, kind of calcification. So it's really a tough call, but this was lymphoma, okay? B-cell lymphoma, again, a really great diagnosis. What about this case? At first glance, there's a large vascular lesion. Um, it's involving the renal artery and vein on the right side, because look at the changes in the patient's right kidney. Look at the cortical uh, medullary differentiation compared to the normal left kidney. But what's this vascular lesion? Well, several things you can think about. You can see it here in the coronal. When we discussed this case yesterday, someone made the point, could this be an IVC sarcoma? I have to admit in the images I'm giving you, that is indeed a possibility. IVC sarcomas can be very large, have lots of neovascularity and collateral vessels. This doesn't look like a renal mass. It could be an adrenal mass. But what if I told you, as I said yesterday, the adrenal was normal? Then you gotta say, what gives you a very vascular mass near the adrenal bed, near the aorta, near the IVC? And again, I'm saying it's not the on IVC sarcoma, though that's a good choice. Well, something you should consider vascular lesions, a ectopic pheo, a paraganglioma. Paragangliomas are very vascular. They can really parasitize vessels. On the MIP imaging here, very, very impressive, all of those collateral vessels. And this was a large paraganglioma. We do see paragangliomas many locations, including the bladder. They can enhance, they look just like pheos, right? But they're extra adrenal pheos. Common locations, organ of Zirkerkamba. But this was a really impressive one, the way it involved the renal arteries and caused changes in perfusion of the patient's right kidney.
Third case is what about this lesion? Non-contrast CT, there's an enlarged left adrenal gland. Now it looks like you can see the adrenal separate for really quick on the image on your left, but this is coming off the lateral limb of the adrenal. It has fat and calcification. Um, to me, when you have fat, I'm thinking myelolipoma. Myelolipomas can be 100% fat or minimal fat. When I see calcifications that are punctate and I see fat, to me, that's a really good call for myelolipoma. Someone mentioned yesterday, could this be a primary adrenal cortical carcinoma? They can have fat occasionally, but usually they're aggressive, not so smooth. They can have dystrophic calcification. Here in this case, the lesion is so well-defined, punctate calcifications, really punctate-looking fatty deposits. This is a myelolipoma of the adrenal gland, a really great case. Now, myelolipomas will vary in fat, and I showed yesterday the next case, which showed really basically two adrenal lesions that were all fat. What about this case? And this is now we're into the liver. Multiple vascular lesions in the liver. The liver looks somewhat cirrhotic. Now you could say multiple metastasis, metastatic renal, you, but the kidneys look good, but other meds, thyroid. Hepatoma, multifocal hepatoma, small lesions, I don't typically like that. Cholangiocarcinomas can be multiple, but then they're typically hypovascular. Metastasis is really good, thyroid, lung, renal, all those possibilities. But what else? Focal nodular hyperplasia, hepatic adenomas. These are all small, and the cirrhotic liver makes me worry. If you had the uh, hepatic adenomatosis, I guess you could think about this. Uh, here it is on venous. The lesions in part somewhat wash out, some of them anyway. Others are better seen and bigger. Also, the textual changes of cirrhosis are better defined. So now you're talking about a cirrhotic liver with multiple vascular nodules. You'll probably end up biopsying this. MR may be helpful, but you'll probably end up getting a biopsy. And this was biopsied and was regenerating nodules. It's very important to consider in a cirrhotic liver, multiple vascular lesions. Yes, you gotta exclude tumor, but regenerating nodules is a really good possibility. And that was the diagnosis in this case, a really nice example. Okay, GI bleed. This is not a really difficult case, but I want to make a point. We talk about GI bleeding for small bowel and large bowel, but we don't think about upper GI bleeding, which means proximal to the ligament of trites. Now, typically those patients get endoscopy, but often they don't, and CT is being used more and more. This is a good example of fluid in the stomach, but the fluid, as you can see, is high density. Yes, it could be something the patient ate. Yes, it could be something the patient was given, like Malox. That gives you high density. But when I see high density in the stomach, and surely when the history is GI bleed, I'm gonna look really, really carefully. So in this case is cirrhosis. I don't see the site of bleeding on arterial phase, but on venous phase, look at the varices that are present. And you can see now in the fundus of the stomach, there's actually active contrast extravasation. This patient has huge varices, and the varices in the gastric fundus were bleeding. Look at the collateral pathways, the portal vein, the SMV, recanalized umbilical vein, very impressive varices and GI bleeding into the stomach. So again, when you see high density in the stomach, yes, it doesn't necessarily need to be a bleed, as we discussed above, but think of those possibilities 
and don't miss that GI bleed. Great case. Okay, let's move over to pancreas. Vascular lesion or somewhat vascular lesion in the head of the pancreas. Now, everyone is going to quickly go for a neuroendocrine tumor. When you start looking at the lesion, the vascularity is more in the periphery, and what you're seeing are really stretched vessels. And yes, I know I'm still going to think about a neuroendocrine tumor, but what you need to think about when you see stretched vessels and not distorted vessels, and by the way, there's a small GDA aneurysm or pseudoaneurysm, you got to be thinking about an atypical appearance of a um, serous cystadenoma. When you look at the venous phase imaging, the lesion is well-defined, and you begin to start staring at these images, and you really see the cystic components. Here it is nicely shown on the cinematic rendering. I think a very good point and a very challenging case are these lesions where neuroendocrine tumors and serous cystadenomas overlap. It can be a very challenging diagnosis, but this was a serous cystadenoma. Now another case, incidental finding cystic pancreatic lesion. I show this case as a follow-up because neuroendocrine tumors can be very cystic, often with rim enhancement here. I'm not really seeing rim enhancement. I'm seeing the normal tissue. It could be a pseudocyst, if you had the right history. It could be a serous cystadenoma, oligocystic serous cystadenoma. Not a great location for a MCN. Could be an IPMN, but there's no duct dilatation. Again, you want to make sure you're not missing a, a cystic neuroendocrine tumor, but then typically you have a thickened rim with enhancement. Here it is very nicely shown on a few more images, and that was one of those serous cystadenomas, oligocystic serous cystadenoma. So again, serous cystadenomas, we often think of the classic appearance, like this, big cystic lesion, punctate calcifications, mass effect. Again, they can be very large, they can be small, they can look classic or they can look less than classic. And this was another example of serous cystadenoma. So I've showed you three cases, three different looks. It's a very difficult diagnosis. Remember, serous cystadenomas are benign, but they often get resected, A, because they simulate other pathologies, or B, when they start growing over five centimeters, they can keep growing, and before they cause all sorts of problems, when the patient is younger and a better candidate, they will be resected. But a beautiful example of a serous cystadenoma. Very nicely seen there. Another example, another case rather. What's this case? Back pain. What's this mass we're seeing by the uh, lower sacrum and coccyx, which is expanding bone? When you see masses at the level of the coccyx, you got to think about a lot of things. You think about abscesses, you think about mets, no known primary here, no infection. But you've got to be thinking of what lives in the coccyx, what tumor, and that's going to be a chordoma. Chordomas can destroy bone here. It's coming off the lower coccyx, destroying the bone with a soft tissue mass. You can think of METs. You can think of direct invasion by a rectal cancer. None of those seem to be the case here. This was a chordoma, just a beautiful example of chordoma. Okay? And what about, you know, here's just one more picture of that just to show you Again, mass centered around the coccyx or sacrum or base of skull. You got to think about chordoma. So that's a bunch of really good cases. 
I hope you enjoyed looking at them. I hope it helped you. I hope you quizzed yourself. And again, whether it's on Facebook Live or it's on YouTube, we are trying to uh, come up with new ways of presenting information to keep you, our users and followers, happy and engaged. And let us know if you like this format. Um, I'm moving my computer over a little bit so I can see the, um, the big picture of things. I'm just trying to see if anyone had any questions. It's a little bit challenging for me to uh, do it on the screen. I don't see any questions. But if you have any questions or anything, uh, feel free to uh, email me, um, and I will uh, let you know what's happening. And uh, we'll see you soon, and have a great week. And hey, if, remember that we just posted uh, new updates to CT Lecture Series on the Apple Store, and the iQuiz update is coming very, very soon. And with that, I wish everybody a great day.